This is a hose head. Production! Jeffrey Dahmer soaked in blood. The Unabomber blowing up. Waco, Texas, and Heaven's Gates. Alien modified men from apes. Hitler faked his death and then escaped. Bigfoot and the Mothman. Son of Sam talking to dogs again. Witches, ghosts, and goblins. Mysterious noise and hot dings. Dark guards and the skull and bones. Most celebrities are probably cloned. So when you're feeling all alone, grab a beer and get stoned. I welcome you to the podcast, Strange Brew. We're here to entertain you. We're here to entertain you. It's about to get strange. Good day, eh? Good day. Good day. How's it going, Holzer? Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. Are you? It's ten thirty, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is ten thirty a.m. and Tom is starting <laughs> drinking. Hey, I got a little more class. I'm gonna start drinking after the episode. What are you drinking on, buddy? It's, uh, it's, what do you got there? It's pretty good. It's a green tea, peach, hard, sparkling water. Oh, it's actually pretty good. That makes my nipples hard. That sounds delicious. Mm, green tea? It's like, I want Yo, some light, it, 24%. Pour it through the camera. It's 10. Let me taste it. It's 10.30. It's called Basque. Zero sugar. Oh, I got to find out if we got that in the States. That sounds delicious. It's really good, and they're light, too, so you can drink a bunch of them. Um, I do have a coffee. It is an early morning start to a recording. That's why I said good day, good morning, top of the morning to you. Oh, dude, you got um, Henrietta behind you. Have you beaten the, uh, the first mission on Evil Dead yet? No, it's fucking hard. I was trying to stream it actually for the fans on Patreon to, to get them to see kind of more or less the story mode. I, and that's when I was wearing my Jason mask that kept falling off my face because it was so heavy. Um, which I'm still debating on maybe I'll put on the Patreon. It was pretty funny. I attempted to um, stream while wearing my... I actually have it somewhere around here. Ladies and gentlemen uh, of the audio listeners, Tom is taking his pants <sighs> off. I was, like, attempting to stream while wearing... Because I have a plastic, like, shitty one. But this is one of the ones mm. for the YouTube listeners. That's sexy. And it's actually, like, ceramic, so it's fucking hard and it's heavy. So it didn't... Uh, didn't really stay on my face that well, and it was I couldn't really see what I was doing. So I beat it yesterday on Twitch. After is it hard? Yes, it's fucking insanely difficult. After after dying probably a dozen times the first time I played it. So, oh god, hiccups. Um, Can you set it to easy? No, there's no difficulty levels. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the show. I am one of your hosts, Tom Cat, aka Tom Thompson. It is an early morning start. I'm surprised anyone's even watching this right now. It is fucking 10:30 a.m. Um, on a Saturday morning, and I did drink last night with Billy, and so I'm having just, uh, you know, a hair of the dog. I also have me a tall glass of coffee, and um, it's a pretty big mug of coffee, but it also has liqueur in it, so. Liqueur. 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 What are we we talking about, Anton? We're talking about the Bermuda Triangle of North America, the Lake Michigan Disappearances. So this thing is pretty, pretty crazy. And there's a couple. Uh, it's the mis- this mysterious Lake Michigan Triangle for everyone that didn't know. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of disappearances here and uh, some of them have some happy yes, endings. So you know what? It's a, it's a little more light, lighthearted. A little Asian lady fucking jerks you off. Spooky spooky. Jerk you off, $5. <laughs> <clears throat> 
<laughs> All right, the Bermuda Triangle isn't the only watery region with reputation for unexplainable events and tragedies for centuries. A triangle portion of the lake has been in Michigan has been ground zero for sunken ships, disappearing crews, vanishing aircrafts. As if these incidents aren't strange enough, what is known as the Lake Michigan Triangle is also notorious for UFOs and bizarre lights appearing on the horizon. My favorite that we'll get into a little bit later is the rectangle. Like, rectangle UFOs always fuck with my head because it's like, it, it defies all logic of what a ship should be. It's not streamlined. They're releasing all their fucking shit right now. Right now. Um, you know what I'm talking about? They're, they're coming out of the woodwork with all this shit. Dude, so I watched the, uh, a good chunk of that disclosure hearing that the Senate had. It's yeah. dumb as fuck. It's the same shit we've heard for the last two years. Oh, I know. That's what they do. They're like, well... Yeah. You know, we don't know what these things are. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out for the last 50 years, but we don't really know, so we're just trying to figure it out. You know what I'm trying to figure it out? Yeah, I want access to that 30-minute classified hearing. That's what I want to find out about. I think uh, I think we're on our... Uh, we're steadily going uh, towards the cliff of a uh, false flag alien invasion, in my the, opinion. Uh, the Werner von Braun, beware the false invasion from the heavens. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's just my opinion, but uh, my opinion ended up turning to facts a lot of times. <laughs> What's the difference between a conspiracy theory and a fact, Tom? A couple it's about months. about six months. <laughs> a lot of interesting stories have come out of the region of Lake Michigan. Wisconsin Maritime Museum sub-creator uh, Karen Duvel shared with local news affiliate, Nobody knows why, she then explained. One thing is clear about the Michigan Lake Triangle. The mystery doesn't seem to be easing up anytime soon. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try to be as spry as I can on this early morning. So you're gonna see me push it out there. I'm gonna push it. I'm pushing it out. I'm turtling right Dude, now. Dude, stop! Just go to the bathroom. <laughs> let it out. Don't turtle in your chair. It's a nice chair. Okay. Turtle, turtle. turtle, turtle. Uh, <laughs> you know that scene so was filmed on 9/11, right? I know I've mentioned it before. As it was, it actually September like, 11, sure? 2001. Yeah, they observed a moment of silence before filming that scene, which is. Uh really. Yep. That's so it's weird. So stupid. I thought like they like or you know we nine eleven just happened. A plane crashed into a building, and then he just like shrinks into yeah. a shell. Should we take the day <laughs> off? Nah, <laughs> we're over budget as is. Yeah, for a movie that probably didn't get that, that much movie money, that even though I bombed. loved it as a kid. Yeah, I liked it as a kid. I thought it was ridiculously stupid. I, I love that when the, he does the, the whole Scarface. Yeah, Brett Brett Spiner, uh, Data from Star Trek is the villain, and every time he laughs, <laughs> he farts. Oh, that yeah. was so stupid. <laughs> I love it. It's like so dumb. The Lake Michigan. Uh, oh, that was data. Yeah, it's Brent Spiner. That's funny. He's also the um, the scientist in Independence Day in Area 51. That's weird. Huh. The Lake Michigan Triangle is a scalene in shape, meaning it's none of its sides are equal. The three points of the triangle are marked by three different cities. On one side is Wisconsin, and then there's uh, Manitowoc. Is that how you say it? The one that you asked. Man. Not that one. Manitowoc. It's on the other side of Michigan. Manitowoc? Fucking Wisconsin. Manitowoc, Manitowoc, yeah. And Michigan side, there is um, Ludington. Ludington? To the north. Ludington to Ludington. the north. Even though there's an N, it doesn't matter. Ludington. 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 Ludington to the north. And Bennett Harbor to the south. I'll explain phenomenon and frightening legends related to the region date all the way back to the late 17th century when a French vessel disappeared with the tide, never to be seen again. So let's get in the first one. You want to let's, they're gonna, we're going to break it down in, um, 
kind of all the strange disappearances. Uh, I was going to blaze, but uh, I was like, maybe I shouldn't. I should. It is a little early. You're talking the Lady Elgin one, right? On September 8th, 1860? No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about Le Griffin, bro. Let me check. You don't know about Le Griffin? No, you 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 take away the the Le Griffin one. I got I got a handful of them over here, but I I don't know where the Le Griffin is in my notes. Fucking Le Griffin, bro. The uh, the Great Lakes. (laughs) (laughs) The Great uh, Lakes. All this shipwreck remains one of the most puzzling. The French explorer Rene Robert Calvier. Uh, Suri du de la Salve commissioned. Okay, I don't fuck your French names, motherfucker. Commissioned and oversaw the construction of the Le Griffin. It's just called Le Griffin. Lee Griffin, a massive ship designed for fur hauling. In August 1679, the Le Griffin. I keep saying the Le Griffin. It's called Le Griffin. So set off the Griffin. On yeah, seven abandoned uh, voyage from Niagara to. Um, Misha, what's that? How do we pronounce this word again? Michelamacanock? Michelamacanock. Niagara to Michelamacanock. It's a very um, long native word, indigenous word. Michelamacanock. An outpost in the Straits of Mackinac. And some historians allege the ship. The Straits of Mackinac, Lake Huron, and Lake Michigan. That's where it got, uh, that's where it vanished at? No, that's where, that's where Michelamacanock is. Oh. It was Michelamackinac Island. It was, uh, it was a, uh, a civil war, not a civil war, uh, a fort at one point in time. Uh, it's a, it's a uh, Ojibwe name from Ottawa. So you should oh, know this. Ottawa. I fucking, you know, I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> uh, so, some historians allege the ship had a larger um, ambitions beyond the outpost to discover the Northwest Passage to China and Japan. China. Unfortunately, Le- <laughs> China. Uh, Le Griffin vanished while traversing the Lake Michigan Triangle. La Salle uh, had already departed for the mainland, and his cr- remaining six crew members met the same fate as the ship. And they all sunk, and now they're dead. No, they didn't sink. They all went and got ice cream and waffle cones, and they're all having a wonderful time down in the depths of hell. They're hanging out in Davy Jones' fucking uh, shitty locker in Michigan because it's not actually his locker. It's just like his fucking jock locker, his uh, jockey locker. What's that thing where you put all your underwear in it's it? Just, no, so it, I'm not sure what you're <laughs> talking about, but it's, it's not the actual Davy Jones locker. It's not like the original Davy Jones locker, which is this sweet happening nightclub at the bottom of the it's ocean. Davy it's, it's It's a Davy Jones franchise, so it's like it's yeah. kind of shitty. It's just like a Chili's that you can go and get overpriced food and drinks and shit, but... It's Dewey Jones. If you're, if you're at the bottom of the lake, I mean, <laughs> fuck it. You, got, you ain't going anywhere else. It's the only place open. Go get a drink at Davy Jones uh, Foot Locker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking of like a locker where, you know, um, just football players hang their jock straps. A cubby? That's just, there's, a, there's a specific locker just for that. And then you put the nerd inside of it, but he finds out he has a fetish for the smell of crotch. Stupid. <laughs> 17 minutes. It took him 17 minutes to say something homophobic, people. I love it. <laughs> it was 11 minutes, technically. Okay, 11 minutes. It's 17 minutes <laughs> since we started this recording. Yeah, it's true. Say so It took you 10 minutes <laughs> to say something racist, so it's fine. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, the I, accent. What did I say that was racist? Oh, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Close to 200 years later, the deadliest opening water sinking of the Great Lakes would propel the Lake Michigan Triangle into infamy. Infamy. Infamy? (laughs) Infamy. Folks, I'm going to reiterate, it is early for Tom. He has not yet found his human voice. It is fucking early, bro. 
In the wee hours, literally, of September 8th, 1860, the wooden-hauled, side-wheeled, ship-steam P.S. Lady Elgin collided with the much smaller schooner, uh, the Augusta? It's not a sail. It's not a schooner, you dumb bastard. It's a sailboat. <laughs> Fucking well, that's, uh Yeah, it looks like an old-timey ship for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's got, it's got the water wheels on both sides. Uh, and also, I'm going to let you yeah. take uh, control of most of the ships because I got a good chunk of the shit about Stonehenge, so... Ooh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, because I did read into that. It's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, you, you, um, you do most of the shit. We'll ships. get into that. We'll get into that, how there's some weird anomaly, or uh, I guess you could say monolith at the bottom of Lake yep. Michigan. Farewell and adieu to your fair Lady Elgin. <laughs> yeah, so you collided with another ship, which lo- was loaded with heavy lumber headed for Chicago. The vessel seemed to pay no attention to us, Lady Elgin's second mate, W.M. Beeman, <laughs> t- told the Chicago Tribune at the time. She struck us, just forward the paddle box on the larboard side, turning the uh, tearing the wheel, cutting through the guards into the cabin hall, and they didn't even notice. This other ship was like, meh, um, we're going to keep going. <laughs> the- the Aug- yeah, the Augusta continued for Chicago. They're like, as the Lady Elgin took on more and more water. So they literally didn't give a fuck. They were like, whoops, uh, didn't mean to do that. Eh, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> Hundreds of sleeping passengers on the overpacked steamship returned to Milwaukee from Chicago, exhausted from a night of getting all sorts of mucked up, dancing, drinking, receiving rude awakening when the ship's crew began their evacu- evacuation efforts. Everything that could be done was done to try to stop to stop the hole, said Frederick Rice, uh, a steward. Mattresses were pushed in and planks were spiked over, but no avail. They literally tried whatever they could to stop the gaping open hole that was flooding in with water. Everybody just went and put their hands on it. It was like, apply pressure! Just stop! <laughs> someone, someone tried scolding the water as it was pouring in, like, no! It's a bad no. lake. Don't come in the... You, you got stay the fu- outside the boat lake. Outside. <laughs> you, got, uh, you got the guy from Flex Seal that just comes in and fucking slaps Flex Seal right onto it. That might have actually saved <laughs> like, the day if they had Flex Seal. <laughs> just made my yeah, earphones pull would. out. You made me laugh. God damn it. <laughs> The 300 people perished as a result of the crash. There's a lot of people, actually, including the late, uh, uh, Lady Elgin's captain, Jack Wilson, who spent his final hours saving as many passengers as possible. He pulled the fucking uh, the Forrest Gump. He just, he just like kept going back and like throwing them in the yep. water. <laughs> so, built in 1870, the uh, 32-foot-long... The three-mastered schooner, the Thomas Hugh, uh, belonged to lumber baron Charles Hackley, a fleet of ships when it disappeared within the Lake Michigan Triangle in 1891. Sailing along one of its sister ships, the Rouse Simmons, the Thomas Hugh embarked from Wisconsin to Chicago uh, with a large shipment of lumber. You gotta gotta have that wood. (laughs) Bringing that wood to town, baby boy. After delivering the wood, both ships turned around to venture back to Wisconsin. Seeing an ominous ominous storm, clouds gathering in the distance, the crew of the Rouse Simmons decided to turn back and stay in Chicago till the weather improved. The Thomas Hume, on the other side, kept toward home. They're like, fuck it. Like, I guess we can keep going. You probably should have. You probably should have stayed the night in Chicago. Yeah. Fucking. Yep. Idiot. Yep. Maybe. Uh, maybe your schedule wasn't nearly as important as you thought it was because you're never gonna make that appointment now because you're gonna die. 
<laughs> when the Rouse Simmons returned home two days later, its crew knew something was wrong when there was no sign of the Thomas Hume in the harbor. Hackley and his business partner, Hume, put up a $300 reward for information on the Thomas Hume's whereabout, which back then was probably a fair amount of money. What was the year? So, 1891? 1870. Uh, 1891, yeah. 1891, yeah. Keep going. 1891, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but the sh- it's, it's I, uh, my, I don't know, my fucking, I'm going to guess. Um, 300, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. My guess is like fucking $10,000. I have no idea if that's even kind of correct. My guess is fucking ten grand. You were close. $9,531. Wow, I can't believe I was that you close. You were real close, bud. Uh, you still fucked up That's during Price is Right rules, though. You went over, so you don't get the prize. Sorry. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I, didn't fucking, I didn't realize I was so close to that. That's pretty pretty good. Pretty good. I'm also on the pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> uh, but they didn't know where, the, obviously, the Thomas Hume whereabouts, but the ship and its seven crew members were nowhere to be found. Multiple search operations also resulted in failure. Fast forward a few hundred years to 2005 when professional um, recovery diver from found the intact remains of the Thomas Hume on the southeastern portion of the Lake Michigan. Uh, ship experts have since shared their theories about what likely happened to the ill-fated ship, such as a storm overhead produced turbulent seas causing it to capsize. And supposedly this is like a sketch of the ship and how they found it. That's, uh, that's all fuckered up. Pretty weird. Very strange, I have to say. Um, who knows if this is all contributed to weather, but... Um, there's a lot of strange things on this planet. Uh, even though it avoided disaster in 1891, the Rouse Simmons later did succumb to the Lake Michigan Triangle on November 22nd, 1912. Farewell, then to the Lake Michigan <laughs> Triangle. The ship and its 16 crew, including Captain Herman Schulman, embarked upon a familiar journey from Thompson, Michigan to Chicago to set a delivery load of at least five thousand christmas trees captain herman munster dropping a load <laughs> a lot that's a lot of christmas trees bro really that's is. a lot of christmas trees five thousand christmas trees and it this is the ship it was on how do you fit that five thousand fucking in christmas trees on this goddamn i guess fit them in the hull the, the better question is how do you keep them from shedding in the hull like how do you keep the pine needles from falling off while you're on the I maybe know. if it's super cold It'll, they'll be fine, but or maybe if it's just warm enough or something, or, like, because they're probably not standing up, right? Or are they small enough that they can stand up vertically? These are these are questions I, I need answered, Tom, <laughs> and why don't you have the answers for these? I wasn't there, man, sorry. I'm not a time You told me you monkey. were. You told me that every instance of these shipwrecks you were present for. <laughs> I time-traveled, like the guy that said that we're all going to die soon. God, I hope so. Yeah, he said that um, uh, supposedly a, uh, a gaping open hole is going to happen, and then um, and then supposedly there's going to be creatures found um, called the Stalkers, and then we're all going to die. It's supposedly he's a time traveler from like 2090. So there's bullshit. that sinkhole that just opened up in China that revealed a, uh, a primeval no or primordial forest, essentially like a super ancient forest. Are you fucking yeah. serious? Is this real? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Look it up. It's it's in like every mainstream publication right now, so indisputable at the moment. Um, you die. also heard that thing about CERN, right? Uh, what did CERN find? So CERN, uh, and this was just like, you know, obviously one of those, those online posts, so take it with a, a big fucking grain of salt. But somebody was saying that CERN, if, uh, if you felt a bunch of weird glitches in the matrix, 
recently is because CERN's been resetting the timeline as much as humanly possible to stop Russia from engaging in nuclear war. And uh, they basically huh. run out of options. So now we're on the uh, the World War Three timeline. Uh, who who the fuck said that shit? It was it was information given to me, and the only source I can trust. Uh, you know, weird shit in my dreams. So, and your dreams told you no, that? No, it was it was something online. I'm just being a goof. So we're all gonna die then, right? I hope so. World War Three, man. Aliens, make sure you pick this shit up because if the Earth explodes, you're not gonna be able to listen to this anymore. Yeah, I know. We got a we got a lot of good listeners in Alpha Centauri Five, so. Yeah, the Andromeda Council loves our fucking podcast. They're just going to beam us up and be like, <laughs> you guys are super entertaining. Sorry, that's, that's a racist <laughs> voice against aliens, and I should not have done it, and I apologize to my alien <laughs> listeners. That's funny. So, But the Rouse Simmons never made to Chicago, and on November 23rd, the ship was, was seen flying a distress flag in clear conditions, That's what is, which is strange. Yeah, but they came um, on board and how, didn't find shit. Yeah. However, when a rescue boat finally arrived at location, there was no sign of the Rouse Simmons anywhere. Wreckage from the ship, including Christmas trees and Captain Herman Schulman's wallet, mm-hmm. washed ashore in decades, the following mm-hmm. decades. Literally, it wasn't until October 1971 that the Rouse Simmons was found by a scuba diver, Gordon Kent Bell Richard. What a name. Off the coast of the Two Rivers, Wisconsin. And this is supposedly what it looks like. Badass. Strange. Shipwreck's a badass. Yeah, creepy. It's a lot looks creepy. It's probably because they got some sonar footage, but it's very strange. Dude, that's the kind of stuff that makes me want to learn how to use scuba equipment, like to properly use scuba equipment and go into the lake, because I'd be much less afraid to go into a lake than I would be to go scuba diving in the ocean. Oh, yeah. I would never go in the ocean. Fuck that. When you're in the ocean, Um, you go from here on the food chain to here. That's true. Did uh, I tell you about that? Story about Mike, the guy that got left in Cuba when I went there. He yes, was like absolutely. You've told me that shit. story, so, and you've told all of our listeners that story about a yes, hundred many, times many now. stories. So yes, I have. Um, but so when we were in Cuba, Mike and my cousin were going to go for a scuba diving thing. So you had to practice in the pool, mm-hmm. and then um, the guys like I was like because I was swimming around them and shit, and the guys like. Um, you used a lot of oxygen, and then Mike's like, yeah, I kept fucking... He, Mike's telling me after, he's like... Because he used, like, more than half the tank where my cousin fucking used, like, a quarter of mm-hmm. it. And Mike's like, I was just hauling on it, trying to get high from the oxygen. And I'm like, of course you What were. a dipshit. <laughs> trying to get high on oxygen, I guess you Oh, could. you can. You can absolutely get high on oxygen. You can also pop your fucking lungs, so don't do that. Yeah, Mike, it's fucking so stupid. Uh, so what caused the beloved Christmas tree trip... And its equivalent beloved Santa, Captain Santa. Krampus. To, yeah, to, uh, it's Captain no. Santa. He's delivering all the Christmas trees. Yeah, Krampus trees. caused the shipwreck. Case closed. Oh, yeah. That's true. To go down to Lake Michigan. Uh, what, did, what did it cause to, to go down in Lake Michigan in the Triangle? The answer is likely a combination of bad weather or lack of routine maintenance on the ship and the weight added by uh, the Utah cargo. Nope. So who really Government knows? bullshit. It was Krampus. was Krampus. The two-masked schooner Rosabelle, built in 1863, had a good life before its unexplained collision in the Lake Michigan Triangle. There's a lot of boats that have literally crashed and fucking sunk in this fucking triangle. Resulted in, a, uh, in the ravaged ship uh, washing ashore in 1921, the late October of that year. So, and this is uh, the Rosabelle. 
the Rosabelle encountered some sort of disturbance, and it remains were found 42 miles from Milwaukee. None of its ship's 11 crew members were accounted for, and their bodies remain undiscovered to this day. Bum, bum, bum. Strange. Milwaukee, which is, of course, strange. Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> is that fucking Wayne? It is. Does this guy know how to party or what? What? A new, myst- uh, a new mystery of le- the Great Lakes was unfolded today when the freighter, well, maybe not today, today, but on today, today, uh, the freighter uh, O.M. McFarland docked in Washington Port, uh, Port Washington, not Washington Port, Port Washington, uh, Wisconsin, and crew members reported the uh, di- disappearance of the ship's master. The, the Cleveland Press published in 1937 as a report by the ship's crew, Captain George R. Donner vanished from his cabinet, which is strange, on April 29, 1937. Days earlier, the coal-powered, coal-powered McFarland made it all the way from Erie, Pennsylvania, where it picked up its shipment of coal, traversing the Great Lakes, and the ship had no problems until it arrived in the Lake Michigan Triangle. This is it. Big ship, man. Yeah, man. You'd think big that ship. one wouldn't wouldn't sink as easy. No. That's a big ship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was obviously, you know, coal-powered. It was... This is at a time where we're starting to get better technology in the forms of travel. We're still in like steamliners, though, right? That's still yeah. a steamline ship? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, and then after successfully guiding his ship through icy and rough waters, oh. Captain Donner retired to his quarters late on April 28th to get... A few hours of sleep. When the McFarland's first mate knocked on the captain's door, as they approached Port Washington early on April 29th, there was no answer. The door to the captain's quarter was locked, so the crew searched the gallery for the skipper. There was no sign of him anywhere. This promoted the men to break down the, cabin's, the captain's door. Donner's door, believing maybe he was, fell, fell into a heavy sleep, maybe he was just a tired, tired boy. Mm-hmm. Instead of finding a snoring man, the crew entered to an empty cabinet. Cabin. Cabin. So the captain and the skipper were gone? Or were they the same person? Same person? I don't know. I don't know. What is a skipper? I thought a skipper was just like a fucking slave on the ship. No, I thought a skipper was like a step below first mate, but I might be wrong. I might be wrong about everything I say, but who knows? We'll find out one day. <laughs> um, which is really weird. So at the time of the captain's uh, Captain Donner disappearances, the McFarland was approximately 30 miles from one of Lake Michigan's triangles connecting points at Ludington. Uh, his, his body was never found, and the remains, it remains a strange mystery as it was. It, it remains as of the same strangeness and the same mystery it's same. It's just a, so such strange. It's such a strange mystery. It's a strange as brew was, mystery. Yeah, mm. it's as it was in 1937. It's never been solved. It's still today. They have no idea, and it is weird. Where to me, this is one of the one of the most the strangest ones I could say, um, out of this whole um, whole episode, the whole thing uh, about the Lake Michigan Triangle and the disappearances involved in said triangle. Is this how the captain just disappeared? Yeah, dude, that's like, that's super weird and ooky spooky that the captain just up and fucking abducted? disappears. Like, what happened to this homeboy? Well, that's what like, I was wondering. If so it was the weird. captain and the skipper, if it was two different people, maybe they had some sort of scam or, you know, a lo- little little yeah. lover's thingy going on and they just up and disappeared. 
but if it wasn't them and it was it was one person like and and there was nothing reported missing yeah. and, or the captain wasn't wanted for anything then it makes no sense maybe know, he sleepwalks no and just walked out of a window <laughs> it's like some cartoon peter pan yeah he just, just walks shit. out of a window and drowns <laughs> that's quite possible actually that's quite or possible. he was a bastard and the crew killed him and then made up this story that's actually true, a mutiny. Yeah, but I feel like this is a little or, bit past where mutinies were, because mutinies were mostly, like, privateers and, and shit like that. Yeah, that's true. Or, or, he took the eye of a crocodile, and he had to battle the crocodile in the depths of the lake. Yeah, but he was only aware of the crocodile when he heard the ticking <laughs> of the clock, and, yeah. you know, he had to put on his, his, other, his other hook, and he, he constantly was telling his first mate to try and stop him from committing suicide. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, Sh- uh, Schmeagel wanted to? Is that his name? Schmee. Is his name Schmeagel. S H M E E. Schmeagel. Fucking Lord of the Rings. Um, did Schmee want to commit? Did he want to commit suicide? No. In uh, in Hook. Schmee, I'm killing myself. I'm committing suicide. Don't you dare try and stop me, Schmee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Schmee, don't you dare try and stop me. Try and stop me, Schmee. <laughs> You better get up off your ass and try and stop me. <laughs> try to stop me? Oh, yeah. Um, Got to say, uh, someone even at work said one of their favorite, uh, we're talking about Robin Williams. I was talking about Mrs. Doubtfire, um, how I would actually like to cover it for an Unreal Review for the Patreon and get into my thoughts and ideas on it just because it is uh, different now when you view it as, especially as I'm older, it's like instead of being a, a better father, He's like, I'm going to dress up like this old lady and pretend to be a chick so then I can see my kids instead of just being a good dad so I can see my kids. It's fucking a weird story when you think about it. Yeah, I uh, that, that movie caused me to hate Sally Field as a child. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, no, she was married to a crazy person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like be a better father. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing more uh, horrific than a plane crash is the plane going dark forever, uh, which eventually, if you want, you know, it might be a good idea. I would think more or less maybe for a Patreon episode, we might talk about the Malaysian flight. That Yes, I would love to talk about that. Yeah, and this plane one is fucking nuts, dude. It is, it is very uh, strange because uh, its passengers were never to be recovered. That's what happened to the Northwest Airlines Flight uh, 2501. All right. And, you care uh, if I take this one? Yeah, the, yeah. let's take it over. This is the plane. So a deadly disaster again took place in the Michigan Triangle in 1950, but this time it was an aircraft. The Northwest Air- Orient Airlines Flight 2501 with 55 passengers and three crew members was on its way from New York 55. to Minneapolis when the fatal event occurred. So this thing, like, they called and, and requested, they radioed for... Uh, the ability to, to fly lower because of choppy winds and bad conditions. Uh, and it was, and they said, no, they said, no, yeah, they were like, get <laughs> fucked. Keep flying, <laughs> like, bitch. Fucking stupid. Stop, make, stop like, making up like, hey, stories. Gonna... <laughs> like the weather's fine. <laughs> we might die. We might die. Uh, no, keep, keep going. So they, um, like that was just the, the, the opening timeline, but I watched uh, a couple of videos on this and like, yeah, in addition to them, like, requesting it and everything like that. They also, I think it was a state trooper, like a Michigan state trooper or something said that they remembered seeing above the lake, this bright red light in the air for like 10 minutes. Ooh. Yeah. And there's UFOs. That it disappeared. They're fucking abducting people. But they couldn't, well, they couldn't tell if it was the plane, like maybe the plane was on fire or it was, you know, Oh yeah. Anything like that. But you would think that the plane would be like doing, you know, this and just like bouncing all over the place versus just a still red light. 
Um, but then, the, yeah, yeah much like the, the one shipwreck we just talked about, uh, they continued to like, there was no trace of it. And then they found a little bit of human remains and then they found a little bit of debris, but the actual wreck itself has never been found. Like, do you think that, I don't know, like, obviously yeah, I'd be crazy if it was on fire. Like it does remind me of, um, obviously the first final destination where you see, you, they look up when, when he, the kid panics and he wants to get off the plane and half of the people come with him, and then he looks up and you see the plane fucking explode. Yep. And it would look like a big red light, but the thing is, who knows if this is a, a UFO maybe abducted the plane or maybe, like, somehow opened a portal so the plane could just fly through. It's like, now nah, you're in our territory. Yeah, dude, that shit would be fucking crazy. Like, show up in some other different reality. Also, your background is bugging me because everything is off kilter. I know, dude. It's driving me fucking ape shit. <laughs> I need to get a level and, and figure everything out. <laughs> Known as the queen of the lakes, the the 639-foot Carl D. Bradley broke through an icy Great Lake waters with ease. The freighter was used to haul limestone, that's pretty heavy, from Lake Huron and Lake Superior to the Lake Michigan ports. And this is the Carl Bradley. Pretty big ship. That's, it is a fucking huge yep. freighter ship. And on November 18th, 1958, traveler from Gary, Indiana, uh, took to the upper Lake Michigan and Bradley ventured into the common phenomenon, a Lake Michigan storm. A common phenomenon, you know, when the storms happen, having endured many bad storms, the Bradley's captain and crew forged on. They're like, we got this. We've done this before. We got this big, sexy ship. It's just going to penetrate this storm. It's going to penetrate the storm. Eventually, the storm became so powerful, it began to split the halls, the long ship's hall in fucking two, and the, the, the Carl D. Bradley uh, sank just like the Titanic, and its two halves fucking broke and popped up towards the surface the same of Lake Michigan. The same way the, uh, the Titanic broke up is kind of how the Bradley, it literally they split, and yeah, pretty fucking hardcore. It, it literally sunk like the Titanic, um, obviously, and then you have things exploding and shit like that because it's like collapsing and things are breaking and machinery obviously explodes when it starts to break. And It allegedly happens. sank like the Titanic because we don't know that allegedly. the Titanic was the Titanic. Go back to our Titanic episodes. Oh, yeah, it's true. Titanic. Uh, yeah, we did two episodes on Titanic. Maybe there'll be a third. I'm just joking. I think we beat that thing with a fucking mallet. <laughs> One of the ships, uh, of its ships, the 41 crew members... Only two survived. So these are actually, we have two witnesses, right? After the disaster, news report indicates that the ship didn't make it through the storm because of the damage it sustained earlier in 1958. So it, it, it just, it took on damage earlier, and then it kind of like, they're like, ah, oh, fuck it, we can handle this, much as the Titanic tried to, and then they died. Yep. Wouldn't we died. Who knows? Uh, there was, uh, I sent you the fan, right? That, and I think we mentioned this on the ghost uh, the, the Titanic ghost episode is that that guy said there was a portal. He's like, what are you talking about? There was a portal that like, it was in the bottom of the ocean and the Titanic actually was sucked into a portal or some shit. And I was like, man, you went deep. I like that shit. theory. I'm, I'm on board <laughs> with that. Cause that's, that's, that's a fun level of batshit crazy. I know, man. Um, so yeah, we got one more and then we're starting to get into the UFOs and stuff like that. Uh, so in February, 1978, West Michigan, Michigander, is that what you guys call him? Michigander? West Michiganer? Michigander. Michiganer. Well, West Michigander, Stephen um, <laughs> Kubacki. 
Stephen Kubacki. Stephen Kubacki, uh, <laughs> smoking a lot of tobacco. <laughs> was reported missing. The Hope College student uh, recently commenced uh, a cross-country skiing uh, expedition. As authorities swept the area of, uh, for signs of Stephen Kubacki, they discovered a set of footprints that led right to the eastern shore of Lake Michigan mm-hmm. and then ended abruptly. Very weird, very strange that he was just supposed to be cross-country skiing, which takes a lot of effort, and you gotta have, you gotta have thick thighs full of surprise because you got to be strong. Um, <laughs> I swear this bitch is shady. <laughs> fucking, well, I got a camera. Who is that? that f- fucking stupid rapper. That got a huge dick for a lady. <laughs> After Steven's skis and backpack were recovered nearby, everyone assumed he had fallen through the surface of the ice of the lake and met his demise. Even though the ice and the snow over Lake Michigan were thick that winter, they were thick, bro. Thick. With two C's and, and a the Q. World's, <laughs> thick. Yes. And to the world's amazement, Stephen woke up in a grassy field 15 months later, mm-hmm. man. He was abducted by fucking That's what I was I thinking, too. When I heard this story, I was like, bucks. this motherfucker got abducted. And then he was wearing somebody else's clothes, had a satchel with maps that weren't his. Like... Like, what the fuck, man? He was 700 miles east mm-hmm. in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I know you guys love how Massive I say that. Massive two shits. Massive two shits. Um, Stephen Kubacki had no memory of where he's been in 15 fucking months or how he ended up so far from home. His last memory was reaching Lake Michigan. Stephen Kubacki actually refuses to discuss his situation after initial rescue and to this day remains mm-hmm. silent about what happened. And the thing is, he got fucked by aliens. He got, he got fucking aliens. fucked. He got probed. He got fucking, he got one of the long probes. They fucking, you know, aliens long fingers like E.T. Oh. He got like, he fingered for three mm. hours and he. That sounds so much fun. Not, like, not for three hours because I'm going to get a little raw, but I mean, <laughs> a good 30, 45 minutes. That, I'll take that E.T. finger. 15 months, man. That is pr- that was probably one of the more incredible stories it really is. of the Lake Michigan. Which explains, it is. It's fucked. It explains why he doesn't want to talk about it either, because if it's something that's deeply traumatic or, you know... Well, he went on to, like, get a, a degree in linguistics and become a professor or some shit. Like, the dude knew what was up, but, like... He looks happy. He does. He looks like he got probed by an alien. But, I mean, who knows? Who- I like it. <laughs> that was a good dog. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, I was like, nah, that motherfucker's a changeling. He's an adult changeling. That's one of the weirdest, um, strangest uh, things on this. Well, the other one was that little girl that went missing and uh, they found her like, I think it was two or three days later or a day later, but she was out in the freezing cold and she was okay. So weird. There's a lot of weird cases when it comes to this. And um, it does remind me eventually, like it just, uh, we will soon, um, excuse me, uh, beginning into other cases of disappearances and and stuff again. Yeah, and like just weird, strange things that are happening, and uh, that there's, um, there's, I'm kind of hinting at one, but I'm not going to expose it because we'll definitely uh, be getting into this sometime soon. But there's a lot of uh, about some missing people, you know. We'll we'll get into it and what happens, and their bodies were found, but what happened to them, we'll never know. The world may never know. Michigan ranks high when it comes to UFO sightings by state. Some residents do believe the Michigan Triangle is the major reason why. 
I'm going to like just, I just still can't believe this guy went missing for 15 months, has no idea, and just woke up 15 months later in a fucking field. That's mind boggling. I think he got abducted by aliens. That's my consensus on this. That's fucked so up. So back to the episode on the vile vortices that you and uh, Juan did. Do you, were there yeah. any in Michigan? Was this one of them? I think so, okay. yeah. As as far as I can remember, um, we just I think we just skimmed on it, just mentioned it a little bit, just how it had disappearances and strange things happening. But uh, I could be wrong. I'm always stoned or getting buzzed, mm-hmm. so you know, the, it's hard to remember how many things we do cover on this podcast after 200 odd episodes. So the disappearances of the Northwest Flight to, uh, 2501 had stirred interest amongst ufologists because uh, locals reported seeing unexplained lights in the sky when the plane vanished. This is just the tip of the iceberg, though. Just the tip. When it comes to unidentified flying objects, freak weather events, and uncanny observations of what is happening in this weird, strange triangle. People see a lot of weird things, supposedly. Uh, we should go there. Mm-hmm. The same <laughs> The same is true across Lake Michigan um, in Wisconsin. Supposedly, the conservatives are trying to pass a bill which makes it illegal to discriminate against people's shot status. So I could eventually, if I gotta, I gotta get my fucking shit done, uh, my stupid um, passport. But uh, we might see light on the horizon where I can come down, and you know, even Chelsea was joking about maybe by November, um, if somehow we can figure out you coming down here for because I want to re-celebrate my thirtieth birthday since I fucking couldn't. Um, last year, because we were just fucking on lockdown and all the type of bullshit. We couldn't really do anything. Everything was locked up. Um, maybe we can fucking try to hustle you over the border and fucking come down here. That would be fun. And then we can have a big fire and have some drinks and do some fun shit. So according to the, the Wood TV, based out of West Michigan, Wisconsin police have been... Uh, fielding complaints about UFOs over Lake Michigan Triangle since 1913. In 1919, the New York Times reported two colossal balls of fire seen falling into the Great Lakes. Did you hear about this? No, I, I did not. What's this one? Really? Yeah. You didn't hear about the great balls of fire? mm I did hear about Jerry Lewis marrying his cousin, his underage cousin, so. (laughs) What? Is that the guy from fucking... We're talking about... um, Jerry Lee Lewis is the guy that wrote Great Balls of Fire. For ACDC? Oh. (laughs) What's the ACDC song about balls? Big balls. Oh, yeah, I think we've had this discussion before. Mm -hmm. I'm not not a fucking fan of... um, I could could care less about Richard Ramirez's favorite band. Great Grandpa Rock. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> in 1919, the New York Times reported, yeah, two colossal balls of fire falling into the Great Lakes. The paper deemed the objects as meteorites, obviously, but other eyewitnesses chalked it up to metaphysical forces wreaking havoc. The rumblings of these objects could be heard all the way to California. California. Is that weird? Yeah, I mean, that means that they're registering on a seismic scale that's, like, obscene. That's fucking crazy. In uh, more recent years, hundreds of Michiganders, uh, <laughs> residents, Michigan residents, along Lake Michigan reported seeing disc-like objects, some with flashing lights hovering over them on March 8th, 1994. Among the witnesses was local National Weather Service radi- uh, um, fucking radar operator, and he said... 
I've never seen anything like this. Not even when I'm doing storms, the operator exclaimed when he got uh, called to the local police department. These aren't storms, and I know storms. I'm telling you right now, I know storms, and these aren't storms. I've never seen anything like this, even when I'm doing bongs. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this, even when I'm tripping on fucking mushrooms. Yeah, even when I've taken a large quantity of psychedelics. When you see it in the water, you're tempted to say that it's absolutely real. Underwater archaeologist Professor Mark Holland shared with his reporters in 2007, but that's what we need experts to come in and verify. With his colleagues Brian Abbott, Holly discovered uh, the circular stones that you're going about to get into. Yes. These, these strange stones. So there is obviously a lot of reports of UFOs too, which just, um, just does does tie into the disappearances and the crashing ships and maybe there was people abducted but maybe not everybody you know and maybe they stick a couple people like you're worthy you're not worthy <laughs> so the stones are organized in a circle 40 uh 40 feet below the surface of or 40 below the surface of lake michigan and it is believed to be at least ten thousand years old one stone in the outer circle although still up for debate appears to have a carving of a mastodon on it so a couple articles yes. that I've read are saying... A ma okay, I, I put just in brackets so people know what a mastodon is. It's a hairy, it's a hairy elephant. I have more faith in our listeners than you do, and I'm assuming they know what a fucking mastodon is. It's a hairy elephant for everybody that Not to be confused know. with the metal band Mastodon. Anyways, yes. thank you, Tom, for your uh, grade school fact right there uh so yes. a lot of people oh, i'm gonna say i'm gonna put up a picture of this for the people on the youtube so they can see put it, it on for the youtubes you keep you keep going okay so uh a lot of people believe that the mastodon went extinct over ten thousand years ago but there's also an article that i found uh that says that woolly mammoths actually only went extinct about five thousand years ago so it, uh they said that oh. they were alive up to the building of the pyramid at giza what mm-hmm that's pretty So by examining soil samples from the Pleistocene Holocene transition era, roughly 11,000 to 14,000 years ago, scientists found that mammoth populations were in decline, but the animal hadn't yet died out. Because that was one of the biggest uh. criticisms I found about that stone is they're like, there's no way because the mastodon was extinct by then. So there's, if these were built 10,000 years ago, nobody would know about them, but it could be a thing of oral tradition where people have just been talking about these things forever and, and forever and stories. forever. So it, it, you know, became something that all, an artist can draw anything like a good enough artist can draw anything just from audio samples. You know, somebody telling, giving them a description. Yeah, it is weird. Um, here, it won't let me show this goddamn fucking bullshit. But yeah, DNA uh, suggests that they managed to survive until about 5,000 years ago, concurrent with the construction of the Pyramids of Giza. Geezer. Geezer. Uh, all the DNA okay, from so those animals and plants is bound up in a tiny speck of dirt. Shit. Do you see it yep. now? So that's it. So, very strange. So it's important to note that the... Uh, the image on the right. Oh, my God. What did you just do? The image on the right is actually um, a uh, 3D rendering of the stone. And then somebody sketched over it to kind of draw the lines in a little more clearly. It looks like a diver is in that bitch, though. In the second one or in the like first a, one? The f oh, the they, second oh, they image, the one on the right over over oh, the okay, rock. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes fucking sense. It is really weird, obviously, when it comes to like I got uh, monoliths and stuff like that. Um, weird, you know, structures that we find all around uh, this planet. It is quite strange mm -hmm. to me. 
Yeah, so it's crazy because um, in 2010, that's when they found or they uh, they found the sample in 2010, and uh, it hadn't been it hadn't been analyzed for like quite some time because it's been analyzed. sitting in a freezer uh, in the in the university, and it was up in your neck of the woods. It was up in the Yukon. Really? It's got the Eskimos, eh? But... Inuit, you racist prick. <laughs> Why can't we see Eskimos? Because it's not PC. It. Why? Why though? I don't know. Because you're dumb. But why? I don't get why. It was a terrible insult. I was trying to think of something witty and I failed, so I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't get the whole thing about in you know, for for many years. I believe Eskimo is just a word that white people use to describe Inuit people. It's the same thing as calling natives and indigenous Indians because, you know, some dumb prick thought that he made it to India. But that's what you do. That's because I was raised in a native family where we grew up (laughs) saying the word Indian. And then I gave you shit, and you screamed, I am. because I am. You're right. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's what um, someone at work was like, isn't, is um, is Anton Jewish? And I was like, yeah, he's Jewish, native, and gay. And he's like, I was like, yeah, then the one uh, uh, live special, he's like, you want to see my fucking victim card fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jewish, native, and queer. <laughs> Not gay, queer. I guess, right. What's the difference? Um, queer is kind of like a, a broad, encompassing... Um, so you're into whatever. You're like Miley Cyrus, just pansexual. Uh, no, because I don't like the word pansexual at all for my... Uh, Doesn't that mean you like everything? I, it it like does, everything. but I'm also like slightly gender fluid as well. So it, that's that's where the yeah, other queer thing sense. fucking comes into account because I've never once been like, I'm a man. Like, I've hated that description yeah. even since I was a kid, so... But, but you got a penis, right? Do you have a penis? I have several. <laughs> you keep them in your freezer like your fucking Jeffrey Dunn. No, I keep them in a drawer, and most of them are made out of medical-grade <laughs> silicone. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so um, I thought this is weird. I do think that some of it maybe contributes to UFOs, and this will lead us very soon into more UFO cases. Um, I do want to dive back into more alien stuff. Um, we do have talks about revisiting the reptilians, revisiting the greys, and then maybe really starting to talk about some really fucked up um, alien abduction cases. Um, but honestly, if you if you really want a fun and you haven't heard of it yet, heard it yet, if you really want a fun episode about aliens, listen to our alien sexual encounters episode or our strange reptilian encounters Hell episode yeah. because both are very great. Listen to all of our episodes and make sure, you know, you hit that uh, that, that five-star review on Spotify. Yes. Leave us some, if you, if you feel like, you know, if, we, if we've entertained you for even an hour's time, just head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us that that little sweet little review and five-star review. Yes. Apple Podcasts and iTunes does help the show. You know, if, if you can't support us through the $3 a month. Dude, times are fucking hard. Gas is insanely expensive. Food is in short supply. So yeah. I, we get it, man. You know, funds yes. are funds are funds, but you know, just that, that review don't cost you nothing. Just go on ahead and uh, jump over. And we've been getting a lot of really good reviews as of late too. For, for all of yes. you, we're very grateful. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful for the people that have gave us reviews. You keep the show going and also the Patreon subscribe to it. Cause it will help us. We have a lot of ideas. Hopefully, um, I can get over to Anton cause we do have a lot of ideas to film stuff. We've even joked about creating short films, which you could see, you know, in a couple of years when we really start ramping up and getting stuff together, but we do have talks to maybe develop even a short film. We're talking about like 20 minutes and then see how that goes yep. and then get, keep going kind of thing. And uh, I, we, me and Anton are pretty creative 
when it comes to this stuff. So um, we have a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, be prepared. By the time this comes out, uh, our Unreal review, our first one, should be on the Patreon. So go check That's that out. It's really all fun. all you we, beautiful start- Patreons, or all of our beautiful yes. patrons, you guys get to hear us talk about the one, the only Strange Brew. Brew. Yes. Awesome. Well, you know what to do. You know where to follow us. www.strangebrewpodcast.com. Follow the Instagram, strangebrewpodcast. Um, also, you can follow us at Twitch at TV. Invader Daggett um, no, underscore TTV as well. Yes. Come watch us play some Evil Dead, kind of, some Dead by Daylight, some yes. Lunch Lady, some Phasmophobia, all the shit. Yes. All right. Well, it is fucking hot. And I need it is hot as shit here, too. It yeah, is. HP Shovecraft on Instagram. So fucking uh, pop by, talk some shit. Uh, don't forget, Reverend yes, Kaiju's House of Trash is up and available on all podcast platforms. Go on yes, over. Yes, go check that out. Check it out. I will be uh, on tons of episodes coming out soon. Probably the time this releases a p- might probably be out is Street Trash. Yeah, Street Trash. So uh, Reverend Kaiju's because of you know this and 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 uh, TTV and everything like that is going to be for now. It's going to be a monthly released show. So next yep. month, uh, so I got the first one out already. We got out. the 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 one with Juan, and uh, then Tom Tom Cat and I did Street Trash. That'll be coming out uh, the next by the time this episode is out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think the way it's going to work out is probably at the same time should be able to go check it. Check, make sure to check out that show. Um, leave five-star reviews. You know what to mm-hmm. do. Um, and it's under the, the umbrella of Host Heads Production. So if you are even out there and you're a smaller podcast and you want to you know, eventually join us. We have talks to uh, do a whole production thing where it's going to be hosted productions and whole website. And then essentially you can, we, all, all these different podcasts can connect and be under the umbrella of strange brew. We're working on it kind of right now. So we'll see in the near future. So you know, I appreciate everybody out there. We love, we love you. y'all. Stay strange. Fuckers. Keep watching the skies. Coming to an end, 2012 was not it. We're all fucking stupid. Check out my lyrical flow. I don't give a fuck if you hear me, though, or the words that I have to say, because I know that this galaxy is nothing but a simulation. But I'm sick of waiting as I'm hailing nicotine, and I'm a sick
just a little taste, motherfuckers. Just a little. Holographic world. Tom fucking cat.